Three unqualified morons and microphones. This is the previously recorded podcast. Hi, welcome to Previously Recorded. I am your host, RP, as always. And this episode of Previously Recorded is brought to you by Totally Tease once again. We were told to stop promoting Poodle Token, so here we are. If you ever, if you need a shirt and you don't have one, call Totally Tease. They'll get it done. Just like if you were lucky enough to win our Instagram giveaway, we did a uh, previously recorded t-shirt giveaway for our 500th follower on there, which which was kind of a big deal to us. So it went to a lucky listener and follower um, party person, Alex. So congratulations, man. I hope you enjoy your shirt. Apologize for the delay and getting it out to you. But uh, yeah, so today's a little bit uh, different of a episode of previously recorded is just myself back for another mini episode uh, things have been a little crazy uh, we've been doing a lot here medical emergencies there uh, but we still wanted to be able to get together and put something out for you guys to listen to so today's going to be kind of just a quick discussion of things that have been going on in the entertainment world uh uh, spoilery filled review of Black Widow very quick though uh, so if you haven't seen the movie skip ahead like 15 minutes um, we're also going to talk about the finale of Loki which was pretty big and then we're going to dive into Space Jam a little bit as well nothing crazy though going to leave these real discussions for when we have our full episodes uh, but also just want to kind of get out there uh, we do have a crazy couple of months coming out so if we are only once a month um, or you see us maybe plug in a Gateway Gamers episode in when a previously recorded episode should drop. Uh, just letting you guys know that things are things are just busy right now, and we still want to be able to provide you content. So if you look every other Friday and there's not an episode there, I apologize, but we are trying, just like today. Um, so I, w- I wanted to start today's episode off with like a mailbag, but no, <laughs> I got no questions. Uh, I got a question uh, from Bronuts. If you're out there listening, Bro Nuts, it's a donut review uh, about, I think you should leave season two, which has been fantastic. If you haven't seen that, go watch. I think it's episode four. The last uh, skit has been my favorite so far with Brian and the fedora hat. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, so let's just kind of get into uh, some MCU news. So I was hoping to be able to provide to you a reaction of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Which was rumored to drop today, July 22nd, um, which is the day before you this episode's released. So I'm recording this the day before you have to listen to it, so it's pretty fresh. Uh, but no trailer. There was a rumor. There's been a ton of rumors around this damn trailer. It's pretty crazy to me that merchandise is leaked, which isn't very uncommon. But that merchandise is leaked before a poster. A st- well, we did get three stills back in February, but... A poster or a, a teaser trailer or anything like that is leaked. And then Marvel also published uh, that article. Uh, they brought up an article about all the leaked Funkos, which if you haven't seen them, they are on the Instagram page. Uh, I did hide them because of the spoileriness to it. But they, I'm really excited for this movie. Um, and I think just my anticipation has continued to grow, waiting for just some footage. So for a while, Doctor Strange 2 was at the height of my hype level Uh for the upcoming MCU films, but I think this has really taken that over uh, because if anybody knows anything about Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, this movie's rumored to be pretty freaking crazy and uh, like just awesome for any Spider-Man fan out there of the Tobey Maguire series, of the Andrew Garfield series, or even of the Tom Holland series. So 
Uh, I was hoping to be able to review that today, but unfortunately, Sony and Marvel has other plans. Uh, a rumor right now is that they're holding off on it because of the COVID Delta variant. And in case that may push things uh, in terms of theater-wise, I-, I don't know. And uh, the hope is, and I don't know anything really about it, but I'm hoping that the people that are vaccinated can help fight off this Delta variant and prevent from what happened in 2020 from happening again. But who knows? So the rumor is that they're holding it off in case that has to get pushed back. But we're at four months before this movie's about to come out. And there's nothing. There is no footage. There is no teaser trailer. We're at a point where movie theaters are are hanging up fan-made posters from online to try and promote the movie because, like I said, it's four months away. And I know we have Shang-Chi and we have the Eternals and we have, uh, you know, some Disney Plus stuff. What if? I understand that we have all that out. But Spider-Man appeals to everyone. The people who don't care about superhero movies like Spider-Man, people who love Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, don't care about the Avengers. Like, it's possible. Like, so this is a wide appealing film and it's coming out around Christmas time. So this is going to be a huge December movie. Uh, it's just pretty crazy. So you know, maybe tomorrow when this episode's out, we'll release and then I'll talk about it next time. But I'm anticipating it just like every other MCU fan out there. I uh, just want to see some footage. Uh, but anyway, now let's get into Black Widow. So if you haven't seen the film, just be cautious. There's not anything that's super spoilery in the film i thought um but if there's anything i feel that's spoilery i'll, I'll throw up the i'll give you the, the spoiler warning but if you also haven't seen the movie skip past this uh it'll only be about five minutes so just skip past it and uh pick up when we start talking about loki so black widow So I typically do the theme of the movie when we talk about it, but that was the opening credits song from Black Widow. It was uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit cover by Malia J. Uh, It was in the beginning of the film. It was awesome. And this was one of the first MCU movies I can remember that since The Incredible Hulk that had an opening credit scene, which they always tell a story. Kevin Feige said, you know, that they wanted to show Drakoff and what he was capable of and what he's done, just like in The Incredible Hulk, what Bruce Banner went through before becoming the Hulk because they it was like a reboot title sequence to, pe- to fill people in who haven't seen the movie uh, or weren't, I guess, weren't familiar with The Incredible Hulk. I know it was just the beginning of the chorus, but I only wanted to play a little snippet of it. But so this movie's supposed to come out in May of 2020, but due to COVID, it got pushed back. Um, three times i believe to november to may and then july again but it was worth the wait it was good uh wasn't great wasn't needed but scarlett johansson deserved a movie i wish it came in between uh when this movie falls so this movie falls between civil war and infinity war and it fits perfectly in the timeline uh i just wish it came out then because it was it was a good movie but i still felt like it was setting up what's next it was a good send-off for her but it was setting up what's next in the MCU like they always do. It introduced her family, her fake family, uh, for people who are not aware of Natasha's kind of background, which was which is interesting to get. Um, her parents were not her real parents. Uh, her sister's not her real sister. But in the end, it's still their family. They were together for three years. Um, and her dad was played by David Harbour, who played Alexi, who was the Red Guardian. 
He has become a very proud parent of who Natasha and Yelena, played by Florence Pugh, have become. You both have killed so many people. Your ledgers must be dripping, just gushing red. That really was a proud moment for him in the film. Uh, he was the standout star, uh, aside from uh, Yelena, in this film for me. He made me laugh. I, th I said the movie was a little slow in the beginning, but really picked up when they go and rescue him from prison uh, to, to hopefully try and find the Red Room. So I don't want to give too much away. Again, I did say it would be spoiler-filled, but again, if you haven't seen the film, I'm not going to ruin it. And if you have seen the film, you know what happens. I don't have to go into detail about it. Uh, so there's also the mother who's played by Rachel Weiss. She was good in it and a little underutilized, but the plot didn't call for her. There were a couple good twists and turns in the film. Uh, a lot of good laughs, just like any MCU film. A lot of them delivered by uh, David Harbour. But there was some problems with the movie. I'm not going to sit here as a perfect movie. It wasn't perfect. It was good. The main issue that people seem to have had with the movie is their portrayal of Taskmaster and how uh, the character was underutilized and represented was not really true to the character itself. Uh, I don't know that much about the character. It's a really cool character. I did wish we got a little bit more of Taskmaster, but I was cool with how it went. It fit the role. It fit the movie. Uh, and it fit... Uh, Natasha's story but Taskmaster could have been used better I think now this, this the writers have been out have come out and said that they were told that they had to use Taskmaster for the film which is interesting but I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Taskmaster I do believe she will pop up from time to time in other MCU projects as they always do so the one thing that is a spoiler here for people who haven't seen the film is the end credit scene. Just like any MCU movie, we all stay around for the end because we want to know what's next. And that is exactly what they set up. They brought in Julia Louise Dreyfus, who played Val... Uh, I can't say the name from... She was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and that was the big rumor of why they kept pushing Falcon and the Winter Soldier off, was that part of that movie played into Black Widow, and I guess this was it, but not a, that's not a big enough reason to delay a show. Uh, and I'm glad we got the show first because I feel like we learned a little bit more about the character and I, we would have been very confused with how the movie ends and who she was. That being said, there is a question that some people have been confused by uh, that I'm going to answer here. So some people are like, what do they mean Hawkeye killed Natasha? We, we all saw Endgame. Natasha fell to her death on Voromir trying to get the Soul Stone. I assume that Julia Louise Dreyfus is using this to... Even though Yelena's already on the team, I guess she wants Hawkeye out of the game. And using that, nobody knows what really happened on Vormir. I guess they really tru truly believe that Hawkeye killed Natasha. But Natasha made that sacrifice, and I guess they're just blaming Hawkeye for it. Obviously, Yelena's going to show up in the Hawkeye series where he's training Kate Bishop. So it'll be interesting to see. It gives you to look forward to Hawkeye, which is coming this fall on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think it'll be after Miss Marvel, but I'm not sure. So, uh, I asked the guys to rate this movie for, uh, for you guys on a scale of one to five. Uh, Shane gave it a 3.5 and Bob gave it a 3.5 as well. And I gave it a, I gave it a 3.5 as well. It's, uh, it's not great. It's good. It was a nice welcome back, but Hey, this is the start of phase four. This is a nice start uh, uh, for Yelena, 
Hopefully David Harbour returns. But also it was a farewell to ScarJo. Um, and I think it it was it could have been better, sure, but it was it did the job. It was good. So an interesting part about this movie is that uh, it was day and date released with uh, Disney Premier Access on Disney Plus. You can pay thirty dollars. You can watch it at home, which I will refuse to do because this movie is a movie that belongs in the movie theater, and we got to bring that back because we want all these other movies. And for that to happen, we need people back in the theater. Uh, which it did have a great opening box office. It had $80 million, which was like the fourth or fifth biggest opening for a solo Marvel film. And it did like 215 globally with $60 million plus from Disney+. Plus. You know, that was great. It's a great opening. People are definitely interested. You know, People have been seeing Fast and Furious in the theater. People are ready to go back to the theater. They're just waiting on these films. Um, you know, People went out and saw Space Jam this past weekend too. But... The drop-off, there was a 67% drop-off in, op- in opening weekend to last weekend. So it's second weekend. 67%, which is the largest ever drop-off for an MCU film. Its competition was Space Jam, which, yeah, sure, people were excited for this film. But that's not enough to for a Marvel movie to not get that audience. So some people may have saw it once. Instead of re-seeing it, they went home and, Disney, and used Disney+. Plus. They knew somebody who bought it on Disney+. Plus. I don't know, but I know theater owners are pissed at them uh, for about this because it's obviously, you know, it's not creating revenue if people can watch it at home. And even though it's giving them the option to do either or, I guess about the rewatch factor of coming back to the theater on a weekend or especially in the second weekend, people are like, ah, I'll just stay home and watch it. I'm not really sure. So $60 million, you might think that's a lot. That's out of Disney Plus is 102 million subscribers. That means only 2 million subscribers. Uh, bought the film. And I guarantee you, people have shared it. So it's definitely a lost revenue uh, for Disney. And I believe Jungle Cruise will be the last format for them uh, to do this. Because they're losing money too. I know it's directly in their pockets. They don't have to split it with theater chains. But still, it's losing money in the long run for them. So I'll be curious to see what the final box office numbers are for them. But it shows that people are ready to get back to theaters, which is awesome. And I'm sure we'll see the same turnout, maybe a little bit more for Shang-Chi in September. Uh, Eternals, probably the same thing. And Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and Thor are all going to be huge. Because hopefully things will be back to normal by then. We can be optimistic. So yeah, that's a little bit of Black Widow. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Go see it in the theater. Uh, In terms of critical stuff, you're not really missing it. But it's an enjoyable film uh, to see Scarlett Johansson go off into the sunset after, you know, 10 years of doing the character is great. I mean, obviously not Sunset if you saw Endgame, but, but it's great for her because this movie was long overdue. Uh, so now we are going to talk about Loki. So people's expectations for this show were pretty high going into it. I think that this show was okay. Shane gave it a five. Bob gave it a four. Uh, Shane was really impressed by this uh, show. And I was entertained by this for sure. Uh, it kept my attention every week. I was so looking forward to what's next, what's next, what's next. Uh, and I feel like it did live up to the hype at the end. Not Maybe not what everybody was expecting. But there was some really cool stuff at the end of the show. So again, spoiler warning. If you have not seen Loki, skip ahead five minutes. That ending was huge. It's huge ramifications on the MCU, turning it into the MCM, the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, introducing us to Kang, the Conqueror, 
who Kang is a time-traveling villain in Marvel Comics. He's a huge deal. I believe he's more of an X-Men villain. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know that much about him. But I saw him when that door's open. I expected it to be another Loki. And the fact that it was, it was awesome. Because this is an introduction to possibly what people are calling the next Thanos for the next, you know, five to ten years of the MCU. MCM, whatever. We haven't called it MCM yet, but MCU. And what's interesting to me is that if you listened in the show when he explained how he got to where he was, you know, the he who must not, he who remains, whatever the hell it is, uh, that there's these different versions. And I believe when they killed Kang, uh, obviously... When Loki came back, they did, Luke Wilson didn't know who he was, and there's a statue of Kang there. That there's this this might be a different universe that Loki came back to, but I also think we're going to see these different versions of Kang because you know the 31st century version, I guess, never went and finished killing them off. I don't know. There's a lot of questions on my end too, so I probably shouldn't even be talking about it. But it it really excited me, and I know that Kang is in. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium next, I believe we're going to get that 31st century version of him that shows up, the scientist. That's the version I think we're going to get of Kang. And it could for Jonathan Majors, who I liked him, I know a lot of people didn't, uh, I think this is going to be cool for him because he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot of different characters, but still playing Kang. So that was awesome. And then seeing the, multi- the timeline crackle into the multiverse and these other timelines, like there's a really good chance that they bring everything in and you know like i said with spider-man coming up with and with doctor strange 2 coming up there's like just a ton of rumors we have the marvel what if show coming out that's a cartoon but you know things from the elements may show up and play because it's the it's multiverses so who the hell knows with that but the excitement of wow you know it's an mcu show disney plus that they said they were never going to do anything that had lasting ramifications on it for people who don't watch them but to me I think that this is their first step towards making like big things happen on Disney Plus. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. We're getting to season two. Michael Waldron, Kate Herron, they did a great job. Uh, Michael Waldron was the head writer on the show. And uh, Kate Herron directed all of the episodes. And if I'm messing either, if I'm messing her name up, I apologize. Kang's the future bad guy. and then we got a really great performances from Tom Hiddleston. Like I enjoyed that the finale was a lot of dialogue. I didn't need that action. We got some cool action sequences in episode four and five. Um, you know, all the different versions of Loki. Uh, Richard Grant played classic Loki, which was awesome. We had kid Loki. We had crocodile Loki. Awesome stuff. There was even a little show of uh, Throg in there for fans who love him. Um which really would have been interesting to see. And Chris Hemsworth reportedly did the dialogue, but they, they cut it. Um, I'm not really sure, but I want to see that footage. Um, so the interesting part about this show is that Loki and his variant Sylvie kind of had, uh, they did, they had a romantic relationship and it was just strange because he was in love with himself, which I guess is very Loki too, but um, that was strange, and if you felt weird about that too, tweet us. We want to hear from you. Um, but it was good. I didn't love it. I think WandaVision was still the better show, but this show has a lot of potential. There's a lot of cool moments, um, a lot of great acting from Tom Hiddleston. Loved Owen Wilson. Um, 
yeah, man, there's just the potential for this, the mystery of it all, the weirdness. That's what I love about it. That's why I'm excited for, you know, Strange, for Thor. I'm excited for the weird future of the MCU. And this is exactly the weirdness I wanted. So that it was good. It was really good. Uh, it's still below WandaVision, but it's above Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. Um, again, I'm not doing a deep dive on it here, just kind of giving you my thoughts. And so as a series, I give it a four. Shane gave it a five. Bob gave it a, f a four as well. And so finally, the last thing that I want to talk about today is Space Jam, a new legacy. Space Jam 2. So, first off, if you haven't listened to our Space Jam Fantasy Draft episode, go back and listen now. Uh, it was a really fun episode to do. Thank you, Nikki V, for coming on and, and running that shit show. But we had a lot of fun, and uh, I have a problem with the fans out there voting for Team Villain. Uh, what the hell? I got the short end of the stick from the analyst, from the crew, from the, my co-host. I'm mad about it, but I'm going to let it go. But go listen to that episode. It was fun. So on that episode, we joked around saying that we had saw the movie. We had not. Uh, I watched it on HBO Max. I did not go to the theater. And I'm glad I didn't go to the theater. This movie was not good. I give it the thumbs down. Uh, Shane has not watched it yet. He said that he probably won't watch it because he, he was influenced by our decision. Uh, and Bob said it was fun. Bob liked it. He said after about the first 20 minutes, it was tough. But after that, it was fun. He knew what it was. I agree with them. The first 20 minutes were a little rough. This was definitely a LeBron movie. It wasn't a Space Jam movie. It was about LeBron and his family. And one of my main problems with this movie, it was too long. It was a two-hour movie, kids movie. This is too long. I'm sorry. A movie about the Looney Tunes playing basketball should not be two hours long. And I'm not going to sit here and trash it. It's a kids movie. It's a family movie. Families will enjoy it 100%. But just as a fan of Space Jam, a fan of... You know, I, I do like LeBron. That people hate LeBron. And just as a huge fan of crossovers, this is like my kind of movie. This is this is what I want to see. So I could get past the first 20 minutes, you know. They're setting up the backstory. They're setting up LeBron and his kid and in their relationship. But, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the first hour of the movie. You know, it, they spent 20 or 30 minutes finding all the Looney Tunes. Uh, but they're, and that was fun. But there's problems with it. Like, why don't they remember to play basketball? They reference... What they did in Space Jam, they should, there's no reason for LeBron to have to reteach the game. And again, that's being very nitpicky. I know that. It's a kid's movie. It's a family movie. But it's just how I felt. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed that. I really lost interest, though, when they got to the game. Because I was like, this isn't bad. The first hour, I was like, this is good. This is fun. This is what I expect. Weird cameos. Rick and Morty. A Foghorn Leghorn as Daenerys made me laugh. Like This movie got a lot of good laughs out of me. like More than I was expecting. But the, the game was an hour of the movie. Like, them playing the actual game was an hour of the movie. And that's just where I lost interest. Um, I'm not going to sit here and criticize LeBron's acting for a lot of it. You know, green screen or a motion capture. Uh, I thought he was better in Trainwreck. But I don't think that's the problem with the movie. His acting is absolutely not the problem with the movie. The problem with the movie, though, is just that it wanted to do too much. Like, why are you mixing the Looney Tunes with Austin Powers? With The Matrix. I guess The Matrix makes sense. But, like, Casablanca. Like, all these movies that kids don't know. Uh, why are you mixing them with them? Like, it's, it was just strange. And I guarantee you they were not allowed 
They probably did not get approval from J.K. Rowling, so they were not allowed to use Harry Potter more than they did because they kept referencing that world a few times. Um, and that was cool to see, you know, LeBron just as a Hufflepuff. Um, that was fun. Like, they did a, a, they did a decent amount of fun things, but for me, the game, the game was just too long. Like, that game should have been, like, a half hour at, at that yeah, I just lost interest. I was like, I don't, I don't care. You know he's going to win. You know the kid's going to come over. I just lost interest. So, I mean, watch it on HBO Max if you can. Um, but don't expect too much from it. Uh, I was surprised to see that it won the box office uh, over Black Widow. So, I know people were interested in it. Um, I just expected most, I guess, to watch it on HBO Max. But I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they went to the theater. Keep going to the theater to see the film. So, yeah, the movie just wasn't very good in my opinion. But what the hell do I know? I just this is it's not what I expected the movie to be. I guess maybe I did. Uh, some of the callouts though, like LeBron, I think LeBron did great, especially as the voice acting. Like he was great in that, which he spent a lot of time in the movie doing that, uh, doing the voice acting, animated scenes. Um, Don Cheadle was great as we expected. He's great in everything. Um, and there were some really cool parts with like when they were finding the characters, like like Lola Bunny being with the Amazons. Um, and, and stuff like that. But you could tell that this movie was very heavily influenced by the studio. A lot of studio notes. It was in production hell. They had director leave mid-filming. Uh, mid and they had Malcolm D. Lee, I believe his name, come in and, and finish the film. It was just strange, though. Like, on the court side, like, why are you having the people from Clockwork Orange and It? Like, these are not kids' franchises. Like, what the heck? <laughs> So that's what I mean by like studio interference and studio notes. Um, they wanted those franchises in there because they own them, and I guess to make people aware. But weird place for it in a Space Jam movie. But whatever. What the like I said. What the hell do I know? So go check it out for yourself in theaters or on HBO Max. And if you like the movie, drop us a rating uh, on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, whatever you thought about the movie. We like to hear these kind of things. And while you're also doing that, remember to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And it helps our rankings. You know, this could, it can make or break us. Um, so it just means a lot to us that we know you're listening and we know you care enough to leave a review. So if you could be do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, so remember to rate, like, and review, like I just said. Uh, if you haven't listened already, go check out the Gateway Gamers podcast or with me and former guests of the show, Marvel, uh, playing review some board games. It's a lot of fun. It's a different pace than this show, but you might enjoy it. And uh, I recently watched over the weekend uh, Moulin Rouge for the first time. So naturally, the song I'm going to end it with is your song by Ewan McGregor because it's been stuck in my head, his version of it. So enjoy and have a great weekend.
And I kicked off the marks Oh, some of these verses were the They got me quite cross But the sun's been kind While I wrote this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on So excuse me for getting But these things I do You see I've forgotten if they're green or they're blue Now you're in 